Hello and welcome back to the BG Podcast. My name is AJ Bingham, CEO of Bingham Group. This is part two in our discussion uh, regarding this week's runoff elections. Joining us again is Hannah Garcia, an associate. How are you doing, Hannah? Good, good. Ready to talk about elections some more. Some more, uh, some more, right? That's what we've been talking about the last two days in the office. Uh, so dust has settled. We now have, again, our, our current or our new 2023 council. Uh, for, for the takeaways, just data has come in. Again, dust has settled. What are you things on your mind about this? Yeah, so I, I think... I think still um, with the mayoral election, I think that was a big surprise and it was very, very close. And let's talk um, about that more. Yeah, just refresh for those who didn't catch part one. Um, close race, I think uh, mayor-elect Kirk Watson won by 886 votes. Yeah, yeah. And um, just looking at kind of the vote breakdown by vote type and um, and county vote, you know, he um, Kirk Watson not only did really well in uh, – Williamson County, but also when you look at the like vote breakdown, he did significantly better with mail-in um, and as well as provisional ballots. So like compared to Celia, he got twice as many mail-in ballots at 6,000 while she only got about 3,900. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, that goes back down to kind of, you know, who voted in this election. Yeah. And so um, I think it was, it was just weird to see, you know, she outright beat him on election day by about 2,000 votes. Within um, the, he, uh, within Travis County. No, totally on election day with like all the votes added up. In the general, in the general? uh, No, this is all runoff election data. Gotcha. So she outwardly beat him with 20,000 votes um, on election day. And he had 18,000 votes. But, you know, that early voting block, as well as Mm -hmm. the mail-in and provisional ballots just carried him to victory. And so I think that was really, um, you know, I guess, cool to see that, um, you know, Celia's voters, you know, really came out on election day. She was able to really get people out there, but it just wasn't enough compared to the people who, you know, were going to vote. And I think we mm-hmm. definitely saw, you know, a bit of an older block vote in this election. And they definitely were supporting Kirk. And so it was, it was definitely, I think, compared to that in the general election where we saw kind of not a blowout by uh Kirk, but definitely Celia got a lot more votes in the general. And so I think it was very, very, you know, I guess um cool to see that he was able to pull it off specifically, you know, with mail-in early votes. And then when you go back by county, he was able to really get that with uh, Williamson County. That's one thing. I mean, uh, just I'd forgotten about an election. I'd, I'd forgot about Williamson County. I think most yeah. people, most people were involved, we're, we're pretty involved in this, but most folks just had, you know, I know, you know, I had, I forgot about it. I was, no, looking, no, at, I was I, looking at the Travis County numbers and saw that. And that had obviously had to sell you ahead. And then yeah, I, Williamson County numbers, I, th- I think and anecdotally, people I've talked to, though, across the board, no one thought that until, until you know, I think, you know, until we kind of, until the, the numbers came out. Yeah, no, I remember sending you that screenshot of the Travis County thing. And I was like, is this real? Like, did she do it? And then, mm-hmm. you know, coming in, finally pulling in Williamson and Hayes and being like, oh, uh, we forgot about two very important parts of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Which I think informs us, or for anyone running in the future in citywide elections, uh, should remember that because I don't think, I mean, I, I don't think, you know, obviously it became a factor now. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that also is like, no, I don't think any elections ever gone like this where we've had um, a mayor win it with our two little outskirts counties that um, mm-hmm. kind of sandwich Travis in. And so I think it, it definitely is going to change how this, you know, this next mayoral election, I think we're definitely going to see a lot more focus with the, the progressive block 
um, you know, whoever decides to take that, whether it be Celia or somebody else, really focusing in on Hayes and Travis and getting those those voters in, because it's it's pretty clear, I think, that, you know, East Austin and, you know, that downtown block and UT students can can carry Travis County. But it's a matter of those, you know, those other really important pieces. Mm-hmm, very good. I mean, and every every vote counts in the day. Every vote counts. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, too, I want to say that I wanted to just come back on. I know that I mentioned the first part one, but I was referring to Jack Craver's Austin politics newsletter as well as referring to previously. Uh, so continuing, Hannah, um, you know, overall, we don't have we don't have all their ages, but we are seeing you know, just in general, we're seeing a generational shift uh, downward, I guess, with this new council, less boomer retiree age, more millennial along that spread. Um, yeah, what no, that our, means, what it portends, we don't know, but it is getting, it has relatively gotten younger. Yeah, no, I think um, I was trying to figure out, um, you know, kind of a an average age, and um, not a hundred percent sure, but I definitely think we're we're working with a much younger council now. Well, at least for D, you know, D five and D nine, uh, both those gentlemen elect uh, Zoe and Ryan are coming in. They're going to be both thirty two, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, then they're you know they're working years, I would say, just getting started on that. And so that's a change from, you know, the, 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 the prior seat holders, obviously. And so what that means substantively, we'll see just because, you know, just because you're younger doesn't really mean anything, but we'll see. But we look at staff picks across the board for all of them, right? And I think importantly, again, just as folks kind of forgot about or forgot about Williamson County, Hayes County, you got to pay attention to these stat and staff picks. For all the members, including the mayor, that's going to be a major indication um, or at least a, a solid indication of their policy priorities, but also their more so their effectiveness at getting uh, policies achieved. And for the mayor's office, the mayor's office, particularly, whether it had been Celia or now Eric or Mayor elect Watson, um, you know, the clock's ticking and you know, time they don't have four years. And so it's real paramount for the mayor's office now to get a staff in place starting with the chief and those key policy advisors that can both navigate internal council politics, also on the city side, city politics, you know, city of Austin politics and, and get him, get, get him some wins. Yeah. Yeah. The time is not time's ticking. Yeah. And then on another note, I think, um, you know, ranked choice voting passed in 2020. Let's talk about that for rank for those who for, I forgot about that. Rank, rank choice. What is that? Yeah. So the the idea was that um, you would kind of rank the candidates um, and that way we wouldn't have to go to a runoff. And definitely, I would say that was something that definitely appealed to me just because I don't want to have to go vote like four times a year. It's just it's, you know, obviously it's voting is great and wonderful. But at the end of the day, it's like nobody wants to have to go and take time out of their workday to vote. Every it's a cost is a cost to the public too. I mean, yeah, yeah. In terms of our time, but it's a cost in terms of taxpayer dollars to do this. Yeah, and so it passed. However, there was uh, the city said that they couldn't do it yet because of some constitutional issues, and so um, we haven't implemented yet. But I think that definitely would have changed the outcome of our elections. Um, you know, we definitely would have seen a different type of situation, and you know, I. I'm not sure if the outcomes would have been different, but um, obviously a lot more people voted in the general. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, with that amount of voters, I think it's a better reflection of the city. And so doing that ranked choice really does allow, um, you know, 
a reflection of the whole city rather than, you know, hoping that everybody shows up again in the runoff. And I know that's going to take a an act of our, leg our legislature to allow that. So, you know, sessions and the next session starts in January. TBD on that. Um, I think there's one. I don't know if they filed it yet, but I think there's a Democratic rep from the Austin area that's filing a bill around that. We'll see how much traction it gets in our current political environment. Yeah, yeah. Hope it hope it gets some traction. Yeah, yeah. So uh anything else though, takeaways from this uh this election cycle? Um, I think that this has kind of, you know, reframed how campaigns are gonna be done in Austin now. Uh we've seen how powerful the, you know, the UT uh vote voting block can be with Zoe. And um no, I think it's definitely exciting. It's definitely it definitely um shows just the power of you know running a good campaign mm -hmm. and um i'm excited to see what these people will do on council and i'm also excited to see you know um how they kind of develop yeah likewise and again staff picks are gonna be key for all of them all right hannah well that's it for this episode and for those listening thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time yeah bye